Hey, this is Dr. Kevin Walker, president of RPH Ally. We are a growing community of verified pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, and pharmacy students. The goals of the community are to unite the many specialties, segments, and groups in our profession to ultimately help elevate the position of pharmacy in healthcare and patient care. Join us where pharmacy comes together. listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to Pharmacy Profit Summit live here in Dallas, Texas, 2023. It was a blast. It was you, fun. You buy your ticket or you lose your chance. Profit is waiting collect your strategies and go and go. You can't deposit excuses with Dr. Lisa Foss. I love that. I love that saying out of all the sayings, that was my favorite one. You can't deposit excuses. Let's go. This is part two of the three part series. And here we go. You know, the reoccurring subject at Pharmacy Profit Summit Live is let's come to a conference to learn how to build other programs and other services that are valuable to our community that don't attach to a prescription or a DIR fee or a reimbursement, but something that's just going to create revenue, but it has to be valuable. Debbie and I talk about um, other services constantly and how Happier at Home is infusing a program into community pharmacy to do exactly that where communities, every time we have a podcast, Happier at Home PRN, there's a news article that I'll bring up on the fly. I don't even have to like prepare, it's just out there that there are so many communities throughout the country that are in desperate need of long-term care and assisted living, and yes. it's all coming back to the home. So welcome to the show, Debbie. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much. It's nice to see you in person. Yeah, instead of on Zoom. Huh? Yes. <laughs> so how's the conference been for you? It's been incredible. So I had a, a lot of people coming up and speaking to me about uh, what our company would do for them and how it would fit into their business model. And so I've had, I think that out of everyone who came up, it, they were very excited about the prospect of expanding into uh, providing home care services. So um, I think it's been a great show. All right. <clears throat> I'm a pharmacy owner. I want to do it. I've been putting it off. Let's talk about timing. How, with this, with the assistance, because of the hand-holding that your team does and the whole you know operations that you put together is just magnificent. But tell our listeners, from the time that they sign up with you to the time that they start implementing Happier at Home through home care services and stuff, like, what's the average time to get up and running? So... If I can take one step back, the biggest thing is for them to at least 
make that contact with us. Okay. So then we can go through the discovery process because we want to get to know our potential owners mm -hmm. also because we want them to uh, have a passion for really caring for people, uh, make sure they fit into our culture. So it's not only them vetting us, mm -hmm. it is us making sure that we know that they're going to be a good, passionate, uh, great business leader for their happier at home company. So that process, the discovery process, usually takes about three months okay. itself. Uh, then uh, once you sign the franchise agreement, uh, we get you set with immediately starting with pre-training activities. Uh, we have our vice president of training and field operations who works one-on-one -on -one with each of the franchisees uh, to complete these activities. Our training is done virtually uh, for four days straight with the person who's going to run that happier at home location for them. Usually it's someone either that they bring over from the pharmacy to work full time or it's a new hire as a business support manager. Um, so that training, as I said, is four days, and then we have it set up. So as soon as you are done with training, you are in all of the systems that you need to run your business, scheduling, contact management. We have our team that will create your website. We take care of the search engine optimization, keyword um, usage and analytics and the social media marketing as well. So with all of that uh, being done, I would then when you get back home or when you start launching your business, um, right after training, you should be able to uh, be hiring and recruiting uh, caregivers um, and out in the community um, marketing your, your business as well. Um, usually we see uh, that you would see your first patient after uh, training. It could be within even the first two weeks after training. Um, as I said, we uh, do both the, we have these different pillars of marketing that we help our franchisees with. And uh, so that's the in-person marketing. We have a 90-day strong start program uh, where we are making sure that all of the activities that should be happening each week for marketing are done and we hold them accountable for it. So it really gives them a really strong way to launch uh, and the, for the community to get to know them as well. You and I have uh, talked so many times and something that I said to you that we agree upon is we get to handpick our clients. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. fun because I don't want clients on my network talking about um, snake oil that has no value and then makes a pharmacist reputation look bad. Right. Like everything that we do on this network is, is diligent and meaningful and valuable. You absolutely present that value, but you're looking for the right pharmacy owner who is part of their community, wants to do more for their community, wants another way to increase revenue, and I like that you said that you go through a vetting process of them and they're going a vetting process of you because you're looking for these long-term relationships. This is, to Absolutely. do this franchise, this is, this is not only your reputation as a business owner, mm -hmm. but this is the reputation that they're bringing to the community of, of value of, of what is home care. 
Yes, and they're representing Happier at Home and our brand. So um, it's really important for us to get the right people. And you're right. The things that you bring your, to your com community would be that increase of quality of care, um, accessibility of care for uh, your community, and then at the same time, it's okay for you to be making some cash money for it, not Absolutely. just uh, payments through health insurance. This is a private pay source of revenue for for our owners. And, um, you know, we, we do take long-term care insurance and there are other benefits uh, that we can, we do teach our franchisees about where they can accept other payments, but um, I'd say 95% of the time it's just cash. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you jumping into the post show and being part of this. I'm so excited that you've been part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You bring yes. so much value to the to the network month after month with Happier at Home PRN. Um, someone's listening. They want to reach out. They want to talk to you. What's the best place to go to, to get a hold of you? So I would start at our website. It's happieratomefranchise.com. And from there, you can submit a contact request, and then we'll reach out to you. Uh, if anyone wants to email me directly, my email address is debbie at happieratome.com. And that's D-E-B-B-I-E at happieratome.com. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, Debbie. Yeah, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Yep. Pharmacy Profit Summit Live 23 here in Dallas. Someone I keep running into, and the reason that you're on the show is because I keep running into you, Amantha Bagdon, yep. not Bagdon. That's correct. Because it was Bagdonovich, and then they cut it all up, and now it's Bagdon. That's that's correct. <laughs> and I'm glad to finally run into you and be on the podcast. Um, I know we've missed each other at a few conferences, but... This is my first podcast, so we'll see how it goes. There we go. Tell um, the listeners about RX Post, which I've been really impressed with um, storming the state of California and what that's about. Sure. Um, so a little background about myself is I'm a pharmacy technician, and I've been in pharmacy for almost two decades. And I'm sure what all your listeners, listeners are very familiar with is that Expired drugs cost a lot of money, um, and good inventory practices is the, probably one of the easiest ways for your business to be more profitable. However, it's difficult to implement. So what we do, what RX Post does, is we created a marketplace where pharmacies can buy and sell their overstock, unused, underutilized medications directly to each other if there's no longer a patient demand, so they can turn their expenses into assets. What made you want to be involved in pharmacy? How did you get an opportunity? Mine was through software. So what was yours with? Through? Uh, so I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to be a pharmacy technician at an independent pharmacy in Beverly Hills. It's called Roxbury Pharmacy, or it was called Roxbury Pharmacy. Um, they had sold to Pharmaca, which also is no longer around. Um, and when you work in an independent pharmacy, there's just a different level of connection with the patients, your coworkers, the owners. Um, you feel much more invested in the success of the business as yep. well, even if you're not the owner. And learning about the ins and outs of business at an independent pharmacy 
and wanting to see them uh, to succeed, um, that's really kind of what set me out to create this this marketplace is to connect them in a way that they don't have the opportunity or the resources or the time or the network to go and embark on by themselves. What other things, because I think you're fascinated, every time we talk, you always have business things to share beyond just what you're doing specifically, but in, in, when you look at the marketplace, you look at community pharmacy, what are some of the things that you get excited about that you're like, wow, this technology or this process or this service, what things have you noticed at Pharmacy Profit Summit that you're like, wow, this is cool? I think, um, especially in California, the intersection of where pharmacy legislation is heading in the state and probably nationally with allowing pharmacists to practice at the top of the license mm -hmm. clinically yep. and the pharmacy owner's desire to pursue that and you know, start implementing point of care testing into their pharmacies, which is a really great, great revenue generator because it's not through the insurance, yep. it's all cash pay. Um, and also getting collaborative practice agreements and getting that feedback and that cooperation with physicians to really ultimately benefit patients. Because when patients leave the doctor's office who they may see once a year at best, they're seeing their pharmacist probably 12 times a year. We all know probably more than that because they're coming in multiple times. They, they have that trust and that relationship. So I think those, that's a really interesting opportunity I'm seeing here at uh, Pharmacy Profit Summit. That's popping up a lot that there's a lot of interest in and I really am excited to see kind of fleshed out in the next few months and years. What about um other things. So, so, for example, I'm not sure here at Profit Summit Live that there's anyone here who's focusing on the medicine and, and ancillary therapies of cannabis medicine, but there's been a freedom based on um, the descheduling and the legalization of the use of marijuana within the state of California. Have you ever met any pharmacists in the state of California who are doing amazing jobs at like sleep therapy or sleep supplement or anxiety or pain management with the usage of cannabis medicine? You know, I haven't had too much experience with pharmacies that successfully implemented um, cannabis treatments or medication use um, or even retail or OTC use into their pharmacies, but I know that's a really great topic of interest for many pharmacies. I think just getting more education out yeah. there and connecting them with the information and resources that they need to make that successful in their pharmacy practices is important. Yeah, we, we're seeing more continuing education coming out of some of the schools that have more access to the research. The research is being um, prevented by lack of making it non-scheduled one or, or non-legal throughout a federal perspective. But I see more and more education coming out of mostly pain managements, uh, topical creams, that are injecting you know, having CBD or, or some even some THC in it. That excites me because I think that community pharmacy is the best place for those products to be because a pharmacist would understand if there's anything that's going to react with those uh, properties. Right. Or if they say, hey, you're not reacting so well to an ADHD drug, but you react much better to a CBD. And, and just to become customary to people's needs instead of this fast food pharmacy that we're trying to get away from. 
Right. And to touch on um, what you had said at the beginning about CEs continuing education, I will tell you, at least um, at the local level in Los Angeles, we saw a great deal of participation for the CE that was about cannabis. So it's a great draw if you're trying to have um, an event locally, that would be a good topic to start with. Amantha, I want to have you back on the show rather than it just being um, here at the Profit Summit Live, but I wanted to thank you for being part of the post show and as a first time podcast guest, you did amazing. Thank you. Um, it's a great chance to be on the show and I, I wanna say thank you to your audience as well. Dr. Michael Wilner, I just met you at the 2023 Pharmacy Profit Summit Live. I'm so excited to have met you. Number one, you're a pharmacist. I said I need to make a pin, a little button that says you had me at PharmD. Yes. Um, but the reason why I'm excited is because my roots in pharmacy are from a technological pharmacy software. That's how I got into pharmacy. Yeah. And when, when pharmacists are starting to combine education with technology and platforms like Liberty uh, Software, it means that you're gonna get more out of that organization because there's a pharmacist there that really can drill down into like clinical things. So yeah. talk to our uh, listener base of why I'm so excited about you and meeting you and with, with your education-driven approach and strategy. Yeah, so when I joined Liberty, I've been a pharmacist for about four or five years in kind of a variety of different settings. And I really enjoy kind of the the aspect of making your pharmacy better, managing it better, managing with, uh, you know, leadership, making money, and using technology is great, right? There's so many amazing tools out there. Yep. But they're part of a bigger picture, right? They're tools. That's right. how I see them. And so you have to be able to know where do I put the tool, where do, what tools do I need to use within the larger aspect of how do I create a successful program? Yep. And so that is kind of what I am really interested in teaching our customers and pharmacists in general is how do you take some of these tools like Liberty and use that within the bigger picture because that's just one t one of the many tools you use when you're operating a pharmacy. It's, you're not just using that one platform, right? And so if you want to be successful with an immunization program or a MedSync program or any of your, you know, how do you incorporate um, and like outcomes, your MTM items, how do you get that incorporated into your workflow. It's bigger than just, here's a tool, here's how to use it. You have to be able to kind of sew it into that bigger picture of. There's a strength that you have an understanding and that is MedSync. So, <laughs> yes. and I know you're, you're excited about that portion, but what I want to know, because my background was in sales and business development. And I remember um, I worked at Sprint Business, which was um, Sprint long distance focus on small business in Western Pennsylvania, because I was out of the Pittsburgh office. And that's where I learned the term CRM. And this would have been back in, oh, not age myself, probably 96, 97-ish. And yeah. CRM was new, like that was a big deal. So customer relationship management. Now I'm thinking of the pharmacy management systems yeah. who are really innovative. And I'm thinking of the combination of 
pharmacist intelligence building medication management programs that incorporate MedSync and then taking all the other data that's so important to know about your patient in the form of like a CRM. So could you kind of like all those keywords that I just spit out to you, kind of put those together in kind of what Liberty's doing with, with helping community pharmacy? So Liberty is creating those tools or kind of, I guess I should say it in a different way. We've created tools that allow someone to use their pharmacy management system to really effortlessly do things like MedSync or MTM management. So we know that these things are important to our customers and that they um, they do these things not just to benefit customers, but to also increase profitability, things mm -hmm. like that. So when I actually look at MedSync patients, I'm not always looking at a specific disease state. I know with um, when you look at doing MTMs or things like that, you really kind of gravitate towards diabetes or um, high cholesterol, blood pressure, things like that. But I actually look at it from more of a, a convenient standpoint for the customer who's having to manage mm -hmm. all of these things. And so any candidate for me looks like, you know, how many times are you coming into the pharmacy? How many meds do you have? And so I look at patients from that perspective, of like, could they benefit from not visiting me nearly as often? And um, making that visit as a, you know, efficient and effective as possible. And so that's really the, the key I look at is, what does that profile look like? How many medicines are on there? And you know what medicines are on there? How can I make this so you only have to show up once every 90 days? Yep. Um, and so that's really kind of how I look at it. Um, but you could definitely sew that in with um, MTM, MTMs in there because you could, with our outcome setup, it just alerts you to saying, hey, this patient's due for, you know, this adherence check or this MTM, if you're already actively going in to a patient's profile to kind of say, is everything synced? Maybe I need to adjust this. There's a new med, something like that. You know that they're going to come in on a specific day and then it's an easy conversation to have with them. Hey, thanks for coming in. Here's all of your medicine. By the way, I need to check in on this. And, you know, when do you want to do, you know, your, your full med review, something like that, yep. you can definitely just pick a time, you know that they're gonna come in anyways. Michael, what is the cycle of medication therapy management see? Like how often does a pharmacist see a patient for an MTM? Usually it's once a year. Okay. So that's typically what the insurance plans will pay for as well. It's just an MTM once a year check-in. Now what happens if the patient is a little bit more serious health where the physician seeing them more often, mm -hmm. which in my opinion, every time you see your physician, you should definitely be following up and seeing your pharmacist to see yeah. what adjustments have been made. So does that change the MTM frequency? That doesn't change the MTM frequency, but there are other kind of clinical um, adherence, like there's, I'm trying to think of the name, it's been a minute since I've done them. But you can go in and, and make sure that if um, a patient just received a particular medication, you'll get an alert for that okay. to, to say, hey, I just need to check in. How are things going? Are you having any side effects? And then you can kind of work with them on that. Um, 
say the patient's been taking something for a little bit longer or they've noticed that maybe they're not taking it as they should be taking it based yep. on their, you know, their pickup dates, they'll get an alert for that. So there's more check-ins than just the one MTM. The MTM is really like the the big overall, like I wanna check all of your meds, like I wanna just kind of hash everything out right now and um, make sure that you know that you guys can come to me for a resource, things like that. How do you, how does Liberty's software's um, customers manage that? Do you see the pick pharmacist in charge doing the MTMs? Are they picking um, our, our brand new pharmacists almost, I don't want to say interns, sometimes that could be an appy rotation or something, yeah. but how, are, how do you see the common community pharmacist managing the MTM cycle, um, even though it's once a year, to make sure that it's, what, one hour worth of oversight? I can honestly say you can do it in under an hour. Okay. Um, I did, I worked for Humana for a few years and I did MTMs all day, every day. You can get to 20 or 30 minutes. Okay. Um, and if it were my pharmacy, I don't know that I have much um, perspective on what our customers are doing, mm -hmm. but if it were me and how I would run it, I would definitely um, have my technicians try and pull a, like a med list, just. Mm -hmm. What drugs do you have? What are what are you taking, right? Really basic stuff. And then with that information, you have your pharmacist. And, you know, your new pharmacists are perfect people to come in and do yeah. this. It's good Razor practice. Sharp. Um, and I think that it's something every pharmacist should do. So, um, yeah, if you've got a PIC who's got a ton of all these other responsibilities and you have someone else that's available on your staff to do these, definitely have them do that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would spend 30 minutes with the customer going over that med list that your technician collected and asking all the essential questions of, you know, how do you take this? What side effects are you having? Watch out for this one in particular. Hey, I recommend maybe changing this particular drug. Um, you can definitely do that in 30 minutes. If someone's listening to the show right now and they want to reach out to you, what is the best way to get a hold of uh, hold of you? You can definitely give me an e you can send me an email. Okay. That's probably the easiest <laughs> okay. way. Okay. We so, can put that in the show notes, but give it out to our listeners anyway. Yeah, it's mwilner at libertysoftware.com. mwilner at libertysoftware.com. Yep, and it's two L's because we just had to make it complicated, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, I appreciate it. I do want Liberty's team to come back. I think that there are purposeful and meaningful conversations that we can build out from the intelligence that's been part of your team for years in pioneers and developing pharmacy management systems and software. But also you as part of the team, you and I have other things that I want to talk to you oh, about. For, for sure. sure, for sure. I definitely have some like so many ideas going <laughs> yes. right now there's so many things that we can just teach people and it's podcasting just, and education yeah absolutely and technology and right technology. the tools the teaching and podcasting there you go Done. sounds like a show exactly all right be on the lookout for michael we'll talk Thank to you, you. soon you know one of the important parts of supporting an organization or an industry, your church, your family, is uniting and being able to hold each other accountable, bring each other ideas, uh, share how to better even support each other. 
I met Dr. Kevin Walker through Sean, who helped to start, and he was the first, he was the OG, as we say, uh, RPH Ally. And if you don't know anything about RPH Ally, I don't, don't do it now, you're in the car, you're jogging, whatever you're doing, listen to this podcast, but look up rphally.com. I like their slogan where pharmacy comes together. I always add in the Together RX. Kevin, welcome to the post show here at the Pharmacy Profit Summit Live 2023. Todd, thanks so much for having me, buddy. It's been a lot of fun here. It's been nice to be able to visit with some people in person like you and Brady. To be able to see each other in person is special, and I feel like I knew you already from how much content you put out through video, how many times we've talked on the phone, but it's not the same of being able to give you a hug and and talk to you and look at your look at your face. <laughs> Amen. No, I think it's uh, it's really wild how we live such isolated lives, Todd, and we don't recognize how special it is to actually get together with human beings and uh, conversate, shake a hand, and be able to enjoy just random conversation about whatever is going on in life and be able to tie some dots together. It just it does something special to relationships. Since you've become part of RPHLI, it's helped Sean and some of the subject matter experts really blossom and grow. And it's probably 10, if not 20 fold of where it was two years ago. Give our listeners who might not understand what RPHLI is about, tell us about what is RPHLI. Yeah, no, I appreciate that so much. Um, you know, I really think the, the growth of RPHLI is related to just a real need in our community. You know, folks seeing that there is a element of uniting pharmacy and advancing pharmacy that all of us can see uh, the necessary efforts to be able to pull in so many various skill sets and so many different care settings into one place so we can recognize why that diversity of ability and knowledge is so important for not only our profession but for our patients and so that's what our PHLI was really designed to do is to recognize that our profession had lots of struggles initially through COVID and they're still lingering and continuing with the changing elements of healthcare. And so finding abilities to support uh, our individual colleagues and bring them together, like you mentioned, Todd, just finding a way to bring folks together and really care about one another in a space where we could have peer support and burnout channels and things along those lines to have real intimate conversations, you know, was a, a big emphasis. And then moving on from there, after people are feeling taken care of and connected with and that their next steps in their career matter, the education piece is where we really started to layer on some incredible people. I mean, the support elements and the individuals running those channels are absolutely extraordinary, and I can't talk highly enough about them. The education folks are leaders throughout the country in exactly the specialties that they're talking about every day. And I think that for me, just being kind of a hopefully a pharmacy connoisseur of sorts, just enjoying all the little elements of pharmacy and all the facets of pharmacy that we bring together and how we offer it to the healthcare world. It's just really special to see so many brilliant individuals offering their time and talents to connect uh, with other pharmacists and subjects that really spread the entire gamut of what you can do inside of the pharmacy world. And so those are the real goals of RPH Ally is to get that support out there, to get the education put together, and then to create some advocacy components. You know, uh, Dr. Bled is, you know, a well-known individual throughout all of pharmacy and pizza is not working. Uh, Eric Speck, Dr. Speck is becoming more and more well-known when it comes yep. to everything that's happening inside of the space as well with what he's doing with with peer support and, uh, and motivation. And so I think bringing those kind of individuals together along with several 
RPHL. I have very active members in a very active community in various segments of what they care about, what they value, if it's working conditions, if it's related to how are we going to move the profession forward when it comes to prescribing authority, if it's related to payment models. You know, we've got folks that care about those things all very separately and bringing them together to be able to recognize some of the interwoven elements of each one of those conversations has been really enlightening. And the exact same thing with our conversations with some of the national organizations and leaders. Uh, that has been uh, wonderful to be able to bring folks together to talk about real issues that they need support on and how we can help leverage our community uh, to back them on those things. So really in a nutshell, we're, we're just trying to do something that I think all of us in pharmacy have wanted to do avoid feeling siloed, avoid feeling like we don't have another voice or another connection to the future of our profession and be able to take the things and the skills and the talents that we've leveraged inside of our communities or our organizations and pull them together so that we can have it all in one place so others can benefit from it. I feel that it's become a safe idea incubator to surround people with support because it's a fellow pharmacist, it's a fellow pharmacy professional, I feel safer there than like on Reddit. Reddit has a huge pharmacy um, chat board mm -hmm. and 75% of it, and the reason I don't go there anymore, is negativity about mm -hmm. what retail pharmacy and retail pharmacy chain is going through. And if you back up and go upstream, of why that is, it's because of the payment models that are in place and the domino effect that that has on operations and crunching costs by not staffing correctly and just what we went through, which was um, exacerbated and blown up by the pandemic. So RPHLI gives a pharmacist who says, hey, I'm a chain pharmacy uh, worker. I've been with XYZ big box chain now for five years. I don't really like it. I get to come here and listen and read what other people have to say about a sector of pharmacy that I'd really like to get into. Maybe I want to get into a rare disease, go into pediatrics, you know, go into pharmacogenomics, whatever it is. Your organization has started handpicking and networking with people who want to take the leadership role of the individual subject matter expertise sector that you have um, vetted and, and built out. I think that's special, and I don't think that, that there's other chat rooms or, or online environments that give us that. The closest thing I can remember that now is gone, mm. one of the most active online chat boards that was more positive than like the generic Reddits, yeah. was PDS, the Pharmacy Development Services chat room that was for, one side of it was for their members, and the other side of it was a conduit to try to get other non-members to become members and it Got was it. like what to bring them together and that was the first um, environment that I was part of that I really enjoyed but then it of course it dissipated kind of disappeared as we know now when we're here at um, Profit Summit Live and we see we see I almost feel like we're in the in the RPHI environment and everybody has their own little table set up we got the pharmacy technician track going preparing our techs to evolve along with the changing role of our pharmacists. Talk to us about pharmacy technicians because you now have, with Christine, a, a special environment 
that um, I'm excited to talk with her and, and continue to learn how she's going to help RPHLI pull in the pharmacy technicians. I can't agree more with you, Todd, when it comes to this being a special environment that Lisa and team have put together here. It's, it's really amazing to see so many folks trying to find new innovative ways to help their communities and to help their businesses in, in one spot. And so um, the, the thought that it has a mirroring of our PH Ally is a, is a real compliment that I deeply appreciate. Um, so with the pharmacy technician component, it really goes back to that statement I made, Todd, on, on silos. You know, it's so easy for us to have groups um, or interconnections or small chat groups related to our given specialty. But being able to expose that to a wider group of individuals and to make sure that everybody recognizes the value of what you're contributing um, to the profession is massive. And that's just talking about pharmacists, you know, what they're doing. Uh, what makes it really beautiful and what pushes our profession forward is the fact that we have more members of the team that are not only part of the team, but they're integral to the team. They're individuals that we do not move the needle in pharmacy without pharmacy technicians and all the other staff members that we employ in our individual pharmacies. They've got incredible skill sets, some skill sets that I'll argue are um, superior to pharmacists in the way that they're approaching business and the way that they're leveraging their skills inside of patient care. And so some of the things that we're trying to do in our PH Ally is you know, literally, literally recognize the hand-in-hand -hand necessity that we have between pharmacists and pharmacy technicians. I think uh, the things that Christine has brought to me with her incredible wealth of experience into the entire team is the fact that pharmacy technician roles are changing just as rapidly as pharmacist roles right now. And to be able to encounter this next wave of pressure from it being payment model changes to technology making sure that every member of our team is being leveraged in the appropriate ways and appreciated on top of that. I mean, it, it really does come down, unfortunately, to dollars and cents. And we know that across our country, we're dealing with a very difficult shortage in one of the most essential roles in all of healthcare being pharmacy technicians. And so we have to find ways to attach an ROI related to what are we going to have these individuals do that are bringing more dollars and cents into the door so that we can start employing these individuals and keeping them in these roles that they're absolutely essential to serve patients and to serve individual businesses. So that's, that's the goal there. I know that's Chris's goal to find all the pivots in the pharmacy technician world and to really see the entire picture of what's happening in the space. And I couldn't be more grateful uh, that her and other pharmacy technicians that I've, some I've met here, uh, some I've met along the way, are contributing to that space and recognizing that they've always wanted pharmacists to give them a hand so they could walk side by side. And uh, if that is you know, the only thing that I'm able to do in my career with and working with our PH Ally is give technicians a voice, um, I've, I've done something that I feel like can be really special. That's incredible. I also want to give a shout out to NPTA's founder, Mike Johnston, who's Amen. here representing the evolution and transformation of our pharmacy technicians. His leadership has been resilient and, his, and it's been consistent for over 10 years of his belief in taking the certified pharmacy technician to another level. And he's helped to um, get, I think, pharmacy technicians to a whole other space um, in our industry. And, and I can't wait. As a matter of fact, I, he and his team are going to be um, doing more content through the Pharmacy Podcast Network. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But I want to thank you um, wholeheartedly for being so consistent and 
this, this is almost a third job for you with everything that you do in your own life. It's not easy. Um, it took me so long to get this publication up and going where I started attracting subject matter experts to the platform. So many of our hosts are RPHLI leaders and I, it really shows that if you take a leadership role, you have every opportunity to bolt into what RPHLA has done in accelerating not only your voice, and, but your interconnection to each other. Right. So thank you so much for being part of this post-show, and we can't wait to collaborate more with RPHLA. No, deeply appreciate you, Todd. Deeply appreciate everything Mike Johnson is doing and NPTA. And uh, thanks so much for, uh, for being able to connect the dots for so many individuals on what RPHLA is trying to do and hopefully trying to offer the pharmacy community. And I hope you all join. no idea that Dr. Kyle McCormick was coming to Profit Summit Live until the last minute, until yesterday, which was the first uh, day of the show. But I'm glad you're here, Kyle. Welcome to the post-show uh, Profit Summit Live. Is this the first Profit Summit you've been to? It is, yeah. So why the heck are you here? Like, I know why you're here. I just want the listeners <laughs> to know why you're here. Yeah, I'm here because I'm presenting on Cost Plus uh, later on today. So are, when I think it was Adam Robinson and I were talking, he was, he's been on the show so many times. He's like our lifer. It always like keeps returning. And he has now four pharmacies, and he's going to try to take one of them and transform it into a cost-plus environment versus the other three. What, what, you and I talked about this before when you came into the studio, but what is the challenge from being a pharmacy owner and, and having a mix of those and having three that are traditional mm. and having one that's cost. Is there, is there anything unique you think that's going to, that's going to prohibit the that's, success of that? That's probably what most multi-store owners would do. Okay. Um, there's another one that just recently announced taking one of the stores and making it cost plus Mitchell's cost plus pharmacy okay. out of Neosha, Tim, Nebraska right? or something Tim like Mitchell. that. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Mitchell. Um, Missouri, maybe actually, I don't know. I forget. It's, it's like right on the border. Um, but yeah, uh, the way that the reason that makes the most sense is because it's hard to take to do both in the same environment. In fact, it may be in violation of your contract, okay. depending on contracts, right? So, so a lot of owners are realizing, well, you know, it's tricky. Might violate my contracts. I already have more than one location. Maybe I just try it out at one of the locations. A lot of times. You know, you can pull in some of the medications that make more sense in cost plus, so even serve your existing user base, in addition to growing your 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 clientele yep. uh, with the new model, because uh, it is a great marketing strategy as well. Uh, having a cost plus pharmacy that you can market, get a lot of news recognition, just because there's a lot of uh, news and recognition going on yep. around the model. Well, you're getting a tremendous amount of attention through news local news through the Pittsburgh area, but also national, which is incredible. Um, Blueberry Pharmacy really started um, what I'd like to see a wave trend of more pharmacies carving out and becoming cost plus and getting away from PBM completely. I love it. And so there might be a listener out there that has no idea that this is even an available strategy. So Give the elevator speech of Blueberry Pharmacy's um, strategy and what you're doing in, in the Pittsburgh area. 
Yeah, so the idea behind Cost Plus is a couple, couple unique principles. Um, first and foremost, you have the fact that generic drugs are cheap and they're fundamentally non-insurable. Mm -hmm. You buy car insurance for your car in case you get into an accident. Yep. Not to cover your gasoline, not to cover your oil changes, small routine events that just keep the car running, you know, that low cost. Yep. And likewise, in pharmacy and healthcare, there's no reason, nor should we, expect insurance to get involved in a transaction for amlodipine that costs five cents. Mm -hmm. Right? We just know that CVS Caremark is going to take a cut of that transaction, uh, thereby increasing the cost for either the patient, the taxpayer, the employer, somebody, right? Uh, whereas if we just create an open, transparent marketplace, um, we can low, actually achieve lower costs for those products because they're fundamentally non-insurable. They're not high cost. They're not unpredictable. So that's first, first and foremost is the, the non-insurability of the medications that we're dispensing. And that's now 90% of medications. Um, once Eliquis goes generic in 2028, that'll be 92, 93% of uh, medications mm -hmm. dispensed. And you'll just see that trend increasing, uh, more and more generics. Um, the brands are going to be you know, a lot more high dollar, a lot more insurable. Yep. Um, so that's uh, first principle. The second principle is that uh, you know, PBMs can only extract so much, right? And we'll start to see a retaliation, a, a, you know, uh, the DIR apocalypse. People are realizing yep. there's only one way to go, and that's uh, removing PBMs from the transaction. Yep. Um, because, you know, they can only take so much. The DIR fees can only go so high to where a pharmacist has a decision between going out of business or removing the PBM from the transaction. So that's why we're seeing another big influx of interest in Cost Plus is because more and more pharmacies as we get closer to 2024 are realizing um, PBMs don't serve a role, yeah. and uh, they do serve a role, and that's to extract wealth. <laughs> right, extract money, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's why we're seeing a higher increase in interest. Excellent. Um, so you have one pharmacy. Are you gonna? Do you feel like you're gonna expand to other areas of Western Pennsylvania and and do this in other communities? Yeah. So. Compared to last time we talked, I'm a lot closer to making the decision on, on opening up more locations. Awesome. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, but the fastest way that we can grow the Cost Plus model is not by us opening up um, locations across the country. You know, that takes time. That takes licensing. You know, Pennsylvania licensing alone is ridiculously mm -hmm. long, Like, right? Um, it's probably the slowest state, so I'd probably be faster <laughs> in other states. But... Uh, yeah, so the fastest way that we can do that, and there's actually pharmacies in every community already across the country. So the fastest way that we can have the Cosmos model reach each community is to encourage and support the owners already existing in those communities and show them how they can either transition to a Cost Plus, open up a Cost Plus. So that way we don't have to do all the work, right? Yep. Um, and, all, and we fully believe that every pharmacy, every community pharmacy of the future will be Cost Plus in some way. Um, and so um, it's just a matter of time and uh, helping to accelerate those pharmacies that are interested is one thing that we do through Cost Plus Pharmacy Consulting. Uh, now, your, your patients in your community are considered members of, a, of something that they sign up for monthly, and they're getting more than just, obviously, your medications. But you're also doing consults and MTM. And talk mm -hmm. about the, that side of, of pharmacy for you. 
you might be uh, <laughs> telling us uh, what we should do a path towards the future. But right now, it's uh, the the member benefit is uh, strictly 15% off all over the counters herbal supplements, decreased dispensing fee, for, so that cost plus amount is less, and then also free shipping every 90 days. Okay, um, to encourage synchronization of medication, to you know, um, not just have unlimited free shipping, which is yep. super expensive. Uh, so those are the member benefits, but actually recently been talking about the team about offering a, a higher tier membership where it would include more clinical-based things, maybe lab testing, maybe consults. Um, and, and so I often make the analogy to a gym where you have a gym membership, base membership, just gets you access to the free weights, mm -hmm. right, um, to the machines. And that's our current membership. It's just getting you medication access, uh, some small perks of delivery and uh, OTC benefits. But there's definitely a, once you have one membership, it's easier to add on the second membership. You have the idea of patients paying into a membership at a pharmacy when we first launched was very unique. Yeah. Um, not many people had memberships. Now it's more and more common to see memberships in pharmacies. So we'll start to see some of these more premium memberships. There's a pharmacy out of Texas that has a gym as part of oh, it too. Cool. So, so, you know, they're doing a membership that gets you lowest tier membership is just the cost plus model pricing, right? Yep. Higher tier membership gets you access to the lower cost, you know, lower cost medications plus also a gym membership. Then it, even higher membership gets you like tanning and all the other stuff, right? So uh, there's other pharmacies that are doing memberships around the idea of nutrition consultation. Yep. So your base uh, cost plus, uh, which will be launching here in the next two weeks or so. Um, it's a pharmacy that's going to be base cost plus higher tier membership for nutrition consultation, things Excellent. like that. So um, you can start tiering memberships and doing a lot more clinical things uh, that you wouldn't put into just a base membership. Yep. Now, I think I asked you this before, but how has your uh, representation of this new model in pharmacy, in community pharmacy, how has that impacted our state representatives in understanding, wow, this, is a, this could really break us away from a lot of expense? Mm -hmm. And, and is, it, is it generating interest from any of our politicians? Yeah, I'd say nationally, probably mo more so than Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, definitely had great conversations with some local representatives. I just think that the timeline in which they move is, you know, that's why so, you know, I, I'm not waiting for D, DIR legislation because pharmacies yep. will be out of business, right? I never trust somebody else to, somebody else's timeline to, to impact me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I believe, you know, pharmacies can't wait around for DIR change to happen because they w won't be a business yeah. whenever it actually happens, right? It'll happen, but... But they're going to pivot and invent something right. else. Yeah, yeah. Something else is going to... Is Which, I, you know, I love the pressure from PBMs. It's like, you know, that you've been greedy for far too long, and here's the overreaction that's your, that you're actually causing, right? Yep. Um, and so it's just a, it's free market principles. Um, and, and so, yes, legislators have starting to, uh, started to awaken to the idea of, you know, PBMs and how much they take from each transaction yep. and, and how cost plus might be a solution for that. However... Um, I'm not trusting them to, to, <laughs> to, to create any kind of change, nor, nor do I really want them to create the, the change. Yeah. I think a, the free market will work it out fast enough and, and, and in a better way. Where do listeners learn more about what you're doing? 
Uh, yeah, so we try to post most of our stuff um, is going to be on Blueberry's page okay. um, in terms of you know Blueberry Pharmacy, uh, but then we also have Cost Plus Pharmacy Consulting, where um, far- owners can reach out and learn about how they can do something similar for their pharmacy or their community. What's the website? CostPlusRxConsulting.com. CostPlusRxConsulting.com. Okay, yeah. Kyle. You're a hero. I can't wait to have you back in um, studio headquarters in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. Fun studio. Come on, yeah, I know. Let's let's party. It's better coffee too. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We are here with Matt Gilbert with RX Safe. Matt, I am excited to have you back on the show. Great to be back, Todd, and uh, great to be back here at Diversify RX's Pharmacy Profit Summit. Yeah, I last time we talked at a conference was Assembia, and I was blown away at the constant movement and evolution of the product lines and the focus of RxSafe. Um, let's talk, what's at the top of the list when you think of survival of our community pharmacies, independent community pharmacies, and we're here at Pharmacy Profit Summit Live, which makes sense to talk about, hey, let's increase profits, let's thrive. Talk to us about your perspective of community pharmacies thriving instead of surviving. Yeah, well, the big thing is is diversifying your portfolio of offerings. Uh, the biggest thing that we like to educate our customers and prospects on are the other ancillary things that you can be doing to generate profit. Uh, the main thing with our pouch packaging is moving it towards a medical at home billing function. Uh, so a lot of patients you're already servicing, you're already delivering to, you're delivering in our compliance packaging. You're eliminating those DIR fees that are just killing everybody by moving people over to LTC contracts. Yep. So by doing that, it's uh, it's layering other things on top of that now that we're getting into, which are RTM billing, uh, which you can bill for about $140 a month. Uh, but we're helping pharmacies go out utilizing our parts packaging and taking that next step, not only creating the billing mechanism on one side, but also an additional revenue stream by putting these patients and making them healthier in the same same uh, vein. I was wearing North Century <clears throat> Pharmacy socks yesterday. Nice. And Easton, baby. He, I mean, he is, Bryant, um, he's a freaking juggernaut when it comes to leveraging the tech, the packaging, and um, creating special offerings to people looking to do specific things around supplements. Yep. And his business has just exploded. Has. And, it, and it's not just in the store. It's an online presence. It's shipping out. I mean, our, our employees purchase from him, and he ships out to them. <laughs> uh, so shout out, shout out to Big Tone and Easton Bryant for uh, yeah. that collaboration. But, uh, yeah, he's just he found a new way to get in there. He's, he's killing it on TikTok, and he's getting all these different additional revenue streams from, you know, just experimenting and see what works, you know, and see what packs people like and custom vitamins and supplements. Uh, they're, they're the way to go. Matt, is that infrastructure that he's using, is that the rapid pack? It is, yeah. Yeah, so he's using our pouch packaging in non-patient-specific and patient-specific settings. So you can have non-patient-specific vitamin supplement pouches, or you can customize and put those uh, those vitamins and supplements in with their current medications, and then you uh, bring in their prescriptions to the pharmacy. So it's uh, bringing on additional patients by collateral damage of somebody just buying a, a you know a vitamin pack. That's incredible. The footprint of the uh, machine is so small in con- in comparison to my because I've I've been around long enough to remember the massive machines that yep. were in hospital systems and everything. 
So tell us about implementation. Tell us about getting started. For example, someone's listening. They don't have the rapid pack. They don't really have that technology. They're probably stressing out. Talk to us about implementation and timing. Yeah, so uh, we're pretty backed up, which is a good thing uh, and a bad thing, I guess. But with uh, trade show season, you know, our, our timeline's out, booked out a couple of months for implementation and training and shipping and uh, with some of the supply chain things. Uh, we're fortunate in the fact that we design, test, build, engineer, support, QA, all of our own stuff. Uh, so it makes us pretty unique in the marketplace where we have total control over the product and, and most of the supply chain. Uh, some of it we can't avoid. But uh, that, that really gives us, you know, a complete autonomy over the, over the product and it shows. You know, that's why people come to us and we do trade-ins and all sorts of things on competitive machines. And uh, one other thing is we don't sunset any of our products. Our original machines installed 15 years ago, still functioning, still running today. Brownsville Family Pharmacy is my pharmacy in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. They have an old system that's still in there that's the RX Safe. Yep. And I can't remember exactly which one it was. Um, that's one of Jerry's uh, stores in partnership with Dan Benemos. Mm -hmm. I think it's just kind of cool to tell that story. But I am thinking of the pharmacy owner listening to us right now that wants to pull the trigger. It's August. It's time to get started because I think there's also a tax savings that you can have in, in being able to say, hey, um, we have this machine, we purchased the machine, we gotta put it in, in um, action in order to get that benefit. Are we close enough to the end of the year that we could still pull the trigger and, and get it in? We are, we're, we're very close. Okay. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, and you're talking about uh, IRS section 179, yep. which gives you some advanced depreciation, bonus depreciation. And some of that's going away too over the next few years. Uh, it's, a, it's a gradual decline in the percentages that you can write off. So we're trying to educate that to a lot of you know, people and have them bring it back to their accountant saying, you know, you could save between twenty dollars and $50,000 off the price of the machine by using that section 179. Yep. So it's pretty significant. I appreciate RxSafe. A shout out to Bill and your team, oh, Bill Holmes, and um, just so cre the creativity that comes out of the team and, and you personally of how you've taken um, RX safe into other sectors and you know talking about specialty is special that's another thing if you're listening and you are wanting to expand talk to Matt about that expansion and how you've done it with other pharmacies especially the mixed pharmacies that are now doing a lot more assisted living or long-term care in order to um, circumvent and get away from like you said the DIR fees yeah yeah and I have people reach out all the time on LinkedIn emails meet me at a show and uh, they're they're not ready to make a purchase yet but we'll educate them and get them to the point where eventually automation you know makes sense and we help them grow in the same vein so Matt, thank you for your support. Thank you to RxSafe for everything that you do in our industry and how you've supported the Pharmacy Podcast Network for years. Yeah, same same to you, Todd. Appreciate you guys as always. And uh, you're the voice of pharmacy. So that, <laughs> that's why we're great partners.